Oh, Terry has an AI companion. How cute. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, do, you, do you remember the fembots from the Austin Powers movies? Oh, the ones that go like this? Yeah, the, the the listener can can totally relate to what you're doing right now. Hey, your mic's what? your mic's gain's too high. Mine is. Damn it. <laughs> Restart the segment. God Where'd damn it, go? that wasn't the right button. <laughs> oh. Hey, your mic's not working. I know. I'll turn the video off. This button will do it. The camera one. What what about this? I still hear humming. Do you have something running? Is yeah, your refrigerator my... running? It's I not. Have... Hmm. I have my dryer running. <laughs> is is it? Like you better go out and catch it. both sound great right now which maybe just shows that i have the clearest perspective on the world this on this show everything sounds great everything's clear i think you sound great i think you sound great benny we all sound hey, great we sound as great as we look we look great that is we great yo i bleached my hair again but this time i did it myself oh my god <laughs> That's really white. I uh, know. It looks good. I, man, I've been like debating doing it for so long now. I should. It was for, just do it. It was actually really easy to do at home. Way easier than using a box. You just get some L'Oreal Quick Blue bleach and some other Quick ingredients. Blue. Yeah. Ooh. I'll send you the ingredients list. It does. It's not hard. Okay. Blue your hair, Benny. That's what I'm sort of thinking is just do like a crazy color. Yeah. Orange. Orange would be dope. Yeah. Like Catan. Yeah. Catan Oladapo. Yeah. 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 People would probably confuse you two in public. They'd be like, oh my God, Catan Oladapo's in, be like, in, I, in my Starbucks. And it's crazy because we both went to the same high school. Yeah. So. That's That's true. No, yeah. no, I'm we just wearing my Central Catholic sweatshirt. Same high school. <laughs> we are doppelgangers. Same college. Everything. Um, yeah. Well, it sounds yeah, like we're finally up and running on this we are. 28th episode of the Belligerent Beeves podcast, Advent Edition. It is December 10th, 2023. Mm. On, uh, remember, remember the 10th of December. That just works. Uh, I don't know why. I felt like I had to say what, what is on the 10th of December? I don't know. Uh, but but a, a victorious NFL Sunday for both of our respective. Yeah, teams. we yeah. don't need to talk about the scores or way in which victory was achieved. <laughs> the San Francisco 49ers and Minnesota Vikings both earned equally impressive victories today <laughs> in, in the NFC playoff chase by a, a number of points to a fewer number of points against their competition. Hey, W's a W. W's yeah. are W's. Yeah. Well, I didn't see the Vikings game. Was it close or was it weird? 
It was, All both, above. It was both of those things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Funny that I missed it. Funny you should follow up. Was it close? To, immediately with was it weird? Uh, <laughs> And a Minnesota Vikings game in this millennium pretty much always is close and also weird. So, <laughs> yes, it was a Minnesota Vikings football game, but the, uh, the good guys came out on top and the Niners nice. beat the crap out of the Seahawks today. So yeah. congratulations to the two of you. That's Thanks. Fun. Thanks. Yeah. I feel like I can finally celebrate now. Yuri is a big Seahawks fan, so I have to keep my celebration tempered down a little bit. Oh, She's not asleep, but I have the door closed and I'm in the basement. Okay. Yeah. Nice. nice. Yeah. And you're probably not going to leave after the whooping that we laid on him. <laughs> yeah. It was a and fun game to watch. And you're wearing your Miley Cyrus shirt. Too. Yeah. Mm. Cool. Yeah. Thanks. It is so cool. Yeah. I was watching. I was watching our seconds reel. of Miley because no. we get banned in Russia again. Yeah, uh, and Russia is one of our hotbeds of listeners, so we got we got to keep. <laughs> Dude, we have so many entertained. In yes, yeah. <laughs> but hey, I was looking at our reel, a reel that we made. I think it was the SDSU game venue when you had that shirt. And oh yeah, it was it was a bit surreal to think about where we are today and that wasn't so long ago and think about like how like joyful and fun and everything else that oh. the world seemed to be uh Dude. then with the wrench thrown in with the uh the changes across the football program it does feel like that was a lifetime ago but man oh my God. it also made me feel like those those good times are still going to be had and that those yes, good they th- are. And more of them are still coming and i was like we're lucky that we you know, are able to even just enjoy a football game in general, let alone a successful team. And we still got most of this squad. And so I I, I felt very optimistic at first. It was yeah. Melancholy. But then afterwards, I saw you with your hands pumping in the air with Miley playing in the background and your Miley T-shirt on. And I was like, that's still going to happen. We're still going to happen. Yeah. Dude, I'm glad you brought that up. That is along the lines of why I wore it. I think, to your point, we're lucky that we're going through what we're going through right now because it's going to make the other side feel so much better. And like you said, Miley Cyrus is still going to be playing in the fourth quarter. <laughs> Reese is still going to be full. It doesn't really matter who we're playing. We'll play somebody and it will be fun. And not to be a doomsdayer, but the rest of the schools, pretty much this whole thing's coming for you too, at some point. So yeah, we'll yep, have already basically. made, made it through at least in some capacity. And uh, yeah. yeah, we're just, we're just early adopters. That's right. right. Early adopters to the positive spin on the doomsday narrative. Yeah. Yeah. It's a skip. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Benny, you did ask if we could talk a little bit about realignment tonight. And I think we're going to do that here ahead of the Reagan beer segment so that we okay. can at least keep it a little bit short, but. We've had some now time to process the college football playoff committee's decision to leave Florida State out of the field. What does that have to do with Oregon State? You might be wondering. Well, good thing to wonder uh, because it seems that it is a signal that the ACC's days are numbered. We were saying ACC later to Cal and Stanford. 
<laughs> ACC later to their brand new conference within a year of them joining the conference, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. And this is one of those things where it's like, I don't even know if like schadenfreude is like the right way to like think about it. It's just when not even the dust had settled, but maybe when we, the shock and rage had settled in a little bit on the this first big spin of the realignment carousel with us and Washington State clearly being the ones left for dead. Like we knew this wasn't ending with just, oh, well, Oregon State and Washington State are <laughs> fucked. And welcome to the new era of college football. It's done. It's set. Like we we knew other programs would soon be joining us in this place. And I get there's a little bit of a misery loves company. But as you guys mentioned, there's things to be excited about. So I don't necessarily want to just be like label us as the misery kids, though. I am still angry and upset and sad and rageful about a lot of things that college football and the suits are controlling right now. But it seems like there are many, many more programs that are scared <laughs> and wondering what might happen, which today now kind of includes the entire ACC. And if you are listening to us for the first time, one, welcome. Thank you for being here. But we also we touched on this a little bit. We've been touching on this for years now, it seems like almost years, because it was June 30th, 2022, when kind of this first big th- shockwave got sent through with USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten. And a couple of times it's been brought up like, oh, well, this there is similar there's similarities here to what happened to the Big East in the in 2013, which was primarily a basketball conference. And the basketball only uh, Catholic institutions have recouped that conference title and branding and stuff. But also there is a lot of football agenda that drove that. Uh, a lot of the same sort of politicking and corporate greed that led to the downfall of the previous version of the Big East, and now there are there are a lot of there are several teams in the ACC who left that Big East for the ACC, thinking that they had achieved long, long, long term financial longevity, and that was only about nine years ago. So it's kind of crazy to just think that like the ACC is the next conference on the chopping block and now that there are programs within the ACC that might be like oh shit we might be left with the shorthand of this and I don't know I think it's it's not just one committee decision with this current college football playoff but I think the writing's on the wall there and I talked to multiple people who are primarily SEC people who thought before Florida State got left out there, like there's a tinfoil hat conspiracy that this could be ESPN, Fox, the networks, the committee, whatever, being like trying to push Florida State towards the SEC by leaving them out. And it's hard to ignore that idea with them being left out. And now it's just kind of, we have crazy realignment chaos again. I, what we're all asking is, are, are we in a conference with Florida State now? Has that happened? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the ESPN and Fox and all the suits trying to like push Florida State somewhere is probably more like collateral damage that they're okay with. 
I mean, I don't think that's what's driving the agenda. What's oh, driving yeah. the They're agenda not lose is, is anything by doing that. Yeah, it's loyalty to the contracts that they have in place, and it's all about them just really hand selecting or organically selecting universities that they want to build a brand around. And I think that's what's becoming more and more clear to me is the the haves versus have nots isn't about viewership because look if espn and fox are only thinking tvs and how many cables are plugged into tvs then they're going to be extinct and i and i part of me thinks that maybe they're behind the curve now and might be for the foreseeable future where someone could under overtake them when it comes to broadcasting sports but it's got to be in their plan they're not just thinking TVs and cables and antennas the rest of their existence. So they're they're using that as an excuse. They're using you know strength of schedule or you know the recent week's news with player health, etc. All of that's still driving the agenda that they they only want to have to control sixty or so programs and be able to brand them and put all their efforts behind them versus you know hundreds or over a hundred of them. So it, it isn't. Oh, there's nothing you can do about it because it is what it is with your university uh, or your conference. It is all about those two networks self-selecting who they want to represent them because they're the ones who control literally everything when it comes to college football. They're the ones who control the college football playoff, the bowl system, et cetera. And it's not about committees. It's not about conferences. It's not about location. It's not about subscribers of you know cable packages in your area. It is solely about convenience for one because they already had established relationships but then two it's about well now who do we get in to kind of fill those final holes and and they've done that and maybe florida state plays a role in that but i would not be surprised as well if they were on the same kind of parallel path as other schools who may also be vying for that kind of final spot or a couple final spots and they do also still get left out yeah i think i think you bring up a good point jp worth it does seem like there are only a final select amount of slots left, right? Like this realignment process, it always felt like it was going to take like five years. At least that's in my mind sort of felt like what the timeline was going to be as these conferences sort of caved. I think Florida State getting left out, like the ACC was going to crumble no matter what. And I don't think that's a debate at all. Like that was... That it was pretty clear that the ACC is going to crumble. This, I think, expedites things. Rumors are coming out that it is schools other than Florida State that are wanting to uh, I forget what special name they have for Wait. their agreement. But uh, Florida State's part of the haves for sure, for sure. Like, but there are schools in the ACC outside the of Oregon State, State version of the ACC. May, maybe not even Oregon State. No, they're the Utah. Was, like they're the, the ones who are like. What do we? What can we do now? Because clearly ACC is not viable for us. If we're on the cusp, we ever get yeah. there. Like this is this is not an option, and but, it's been pro- and it's proven that like performance and outcome of of play actually is not impacting really anything when it comes to the oh, selection. The, yeah. the rumor that I heard was North Carolina and Virginia specifically, which if you think about it, makes sense because. Those are schools that I think JP, like what you said, they're kind of like a Utah where there is, especially with North Carolina, like there is that, that, that basketball powerhouse school. Like I could see them and Virginia both getting into the big 10 for basketball, but also for scholastics too. Like 
they're both top-notch institutions. And if the ACC is going to collapse, and that's pretty evident to them too, then you want to make moves right now if you can, if you're viable to get one of those last couple slots. But I I think, and this might be a wild speculation, but I do think that there's some truth to it. I think that from an Oregon State side, what this all means is this realignment dust is going to settle relatively quickly now. It's not going to be a five-year process. I think everything's sort of figured out within the next 12 months. And I think a lot of it has to do with how the Pac-12 lawsuit turns out. If Oregon State and Washington can, Washington State can retain the rights to the Pac-12 network, which is what we think is going to happen, then if you're the Big 12, if I'm the commissioner and I'm looking at what's going on with the Big Ten and the SEC, I see really one route because those two conferences are clearly going to hold all the power in their hands. The only way that you can extrapolate that is by creating essentially a super conference, right? Where you have the rest of the power five schools plus, you know, maybe Fresno State, Boise State, Tulane, Memphis, some of those bigger group of five schools, and you negotiate as one conference, but have three or four different divisions within that conference, right? So this is sort of what my layout of what I think could happen is that you have a four division Big 12 conference and you have a, four a, power, team, a power four, if a you four, will. A four-team playoff to de- decide the conference champion. I think it makes sense the big in the 48. fact that if you, the, the Big 48, if you negotiate as one That's entity, if you negotiate as one entity, and let's say like you're sort of in desperation mode, so I think you're more willing to listen to Apple or Amazon, and that broadcasting partner I think the stipulation needs to be you broadcast every single conference game. And yep. that way, any fans of 48, 50, however many schools are in this Big 12 conference, all of them are subscribers to whatever network you go with. And that is yep. going to kickstart that either Apple or Amazon into the stratosphere when it comes to just broadcasting sports in general. And I think that's the road is is you... you well, and- Wait, I mean, let me, Apple, Apple or Amazon is going to buy ESPN. Maybe unless they crush them first, but let's, let's be, let's throw the tinfoil hats on because we've already talked about tinfoil hats and they Wait, are they're not on already. Well, they're fun to wear as long as they don't, you know, scratch your scalp or your forehead, but yeah. right, Terry, you know, the bleach. you know, they get into the bleach that well, you know, yeah, they do. They do get, in, they, mess it they get it's messed up. So what if this entire thing has been orchestrated by Apple to to consolidate those who would be interested in making a large like super conference that would buy into streaming only that would be able to throw the finger up to the old network dinosaurs and go all in with them on a new service? It wouldn't surprise me. I wonder too. So. The Big 12, do do either of you guys know what media contract they have and when specifically when it ends? I think 2030. Yeah. For football, it's 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 ESPN's a partner with the Big 12 currently. Okay. Okay. So, but listen to this. 
what conference doesn't have a media deal? The Pac-12. The, Pac- the Pac-12. The Pac-12. So if Oregon State and Washington State have rights to that conference, they mean they need a media deal, right? Like it, it I and I think that the there is a correlation here where Barnes had said two weeks before December 4th, hey, we should have the schedule out December 4th. It's not like he was saying that three months ago. He was saying that two weeks previous. So you'd have to think the fact that it's we're recording this on December 10th. It looks like it's going to be at least a week. Like, right. To me, that's saying he, that something he, is holding that up. Don't you think he knows it, though? Do I? Think oh, yeah. He knows, he knows the schedule, but I think he's like, right. pitching it. Uh, he's got to be. He's. Where are we going to watch games in the next two years if we don't end up in a conference? So, I mean, I think right. that what Barnes is doing is he knows the schedule is tentatively set. The dates are tentatively, tentatively agreed upon, and he's he's got to be out there selling it. You have to imagine that they're that him and Washington State, they're out there, and they're trying to decide what kind of partner is going to carry this stuff. And I mean, I, I think what will the most likely scenario though, like isn't to get our hopes up. What will happen probably is we will end up with a lot of in-house live streams for most of our games that aren't picked up by other networks. They will be streamed presumably on the PAC 12 network, at least using their, you know, I have more out their technology. I'm not saying, I'm saying this is, this is still, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was like we were left to our own, accord on campus doing what we can to utilize the pac-12 network to our benefit but everything's in-house and it and i I, but but one one silver lining that is that i actually would love is presumably then we would get mike parker on the a dual tv TV and radio radio broadcast that'd be cool so uh, just to clarify you guys think that the delay in releasing the schedule we're what six days past now. The delay would be the fact that Barnes is trying to pitch this to media partners, and that's what the holdup well, is. Well, my understanding is that we're gonna have seven. We're gonna have seven home games, and yeah. that the home team controls the media rights f- for those games. And we're not. Tr- we're not gonna try to sell game by game. We're gonna try and get like a one year media deal with those right. seven games included. I don't think it will end up being an all Pac-12 network <clears throat> slate. I think that will end up, when push comes to so- shove, being on one, like a number of them being on the Disney family of of networks or Fox family of networks. It's, it's in the show notes for us to talk about later that the civil war is back on i think the agreement to play oregon for another two years was entirely motivated by playing them at home this next season to make our home slate more marketable to tv networks and i think i think barnes knows the schedule i think there's maybe a couple i's to be dotted and t's to be crossed and I don't think the program wants to endure any potential embarrassment like announcing a game that ends up not coming into fruition. Yeah. But I think the six Mountain West games are decided. It looks like Cal will be another Power Five team we play. We're going to play Purdue. We're going to play Washington State. 
I've seen a lot of smoke about University of Virginia. So I think it's close. And I think the dates are probably close too. If one of those Mountain West teams ends up being at Hawaii, then we have the NCAA exemption to add a 13th game, which I think it would be smart to do. Whether you could add an eighth home game, if you already have a 7-5 split, I don't know if that's allowed. But I think that would be something that Barnes should pursue if possible if you can get another power five home game i don't know i think there's a lot of stuff we're pulling at a lot of strands here oh there's so much unsettled there's so many but i i do think i think the schedule has been pretty damn close to being finalized as far back as a week ago i think when yeah i don't think these guys entering the transfer portal are entering it having no idea who oregon state is playing next year or when they're playing them i think they have a pretty good idea yeah and it'll be released to the public probably pretty soon and by the time we see it conversations with every single entity even remotely close to being a tv network in this country uh would have been consulted by Barnes and and Chen and Schultz and Murphy and the powers that be at Oregon State, Washington State. Yeah. Okay. So I I agree. Let me ask you guys one more question before we move on, unless you guys have anything else on this. Given how things have transpired in the last month, because I know we at least internally talked about this, where some thoughts were it would be better to stay with the Mountain. Uh, or I should say rebuild the Pac-12 using Mountain West schools and like Tulane's and Memphis's. Uh, and the other thought was, should we be gunning for the Big 12? And I don't think that those are necessarily mutually exclusive, but what is mutually exclusive is what would be the best fit for Oregon State in let's say like yeah. four years. So where do you guys see Oregon State in four years? And wh- where do you guys, where would you rather have Oregon State in four years? Oh, hold on. I'll, I'll jump in quick because my answer is pretty short, but I think that we got to control our own destiny at this point and getting out early in front of all of this is only our advantage. And so I don't want us to end up as a Cal or Stanford or SMU where we grovel to a conference essentially set precedents that we're willing to accept nothing and play in a conference. And then that conference loses its footing, which is possibly likely the case for almost every conference. That's not big 10 or sec. So yeah. Why not just go blaze our own trail? And I think that that's where we will be because, and look, if, if Florida state wasn't left out of the college football playoff, I would say that maybe, we take a take a you know floater with the Big Ten and or Big Twelve and just see what happens for the next you know X amount of years if they if they're offering us or extending us an invitation we should take it right but that's also because of the timeline in my mind was that this conference realignment shuffle had was going to have a lull for three to five years and that we needed we needed to spend the next two years figuring out where we were going to land but I don't think that that's the case anymore I think that we've got maybe two years if not less that everything is going to be just thrown to the wayside other than those two conferences because they're going to be partnered with networks directly because they're going to be partnered with the NFL. And we might as well not get caught off guard for a second time like Stanford and Cal are. That is such a funny story too. My only issue with this, and that is, I mean, you're asked what I want and where I see us. And I think it's different answers to both. And this is something I haven't seen a lot of people talk about. It's re- rebuilding the Pac-12. 
And if we take the, say we can just go a la carte, top programs in the Mountain West, top programs in the American, you get what looks like a pretty competitive conference, cool cities, cool schools, not just like from a football standpoint, and something that probably we wouldn't have chosen 18 months ago, but given the situation we're in, not the worst reality. But what happens to then the bottom half of both of those conferences? Like we're just kind of replacing Oregon State with like Nevada. And I don't want to be these people. Like there's a lot of people, it's the people on Twitter that we don't need to give a shit about, but they're all over. They aren't informed. They don't watch outside of their own team. They don't give a shit who are been going like, oh, no one watches OSU. I saw a bunch of replies to the, the West Coast sports, like data-driven <laughs> ratings for the 2023 season of OSU being like number five of like 24 teams, a bunch of Oregon fans and fans saying no one watches OSU to the data proving that people watch <laughs> OSU. Sure. Like a, a school like the university of Nevada or university of New Mexico, some of these schools that get sort of left out when we think about the top half of the mountain West or the top half of the American, I can't help, but think about the communities that would then just be in our position. Yeah. And I know that like, this is about survival and more people are going to be hurt and left out of things before the dust settles. But also I want to move forward understanding that like, that's what's fucked up about all of this. And just because it's happening, doesn't make it okay. And I would like Beaver nation to be at least if we can't change the world for the better, at least be the people who can acknowledge the shitty parts about it. Cause if we rebuild the PAC 12, that means leaving some, schools in the mountain west and the american or whatever conference out in the cold and that yes. that could just be the cost of doing business and i'm not saying we sh shouldn't do that at all just because we want to be nice people because that's not going to be nice isn't hasn't gotten us anywhere and it's not going to get us anywhere but like let's when th when it happens let's not dance on the graves of the wolf pack or whoever gets left out of us let's at least be like compassionate and understand that that's where i like if we were to get an invite to the Big 12 now, just us in Washington State, I don't know that that solves any long-term problems, but at least it takes two displaced programs and places them, and then we can think about the rest later. That's what's attractive about the Big 12 to me, and as well as more stability. But I don't know what I prefer because, as JP eloquently pointed out, like we're j there's this going to be rounds and rounds and rounds of this going on probably for the rest of our lives at this point. So it's it's hard to kind of figure out where we want to be. I do think the Mountain West American kind of deal has some nice ideas, but that part of leaving other programs out in the cold will not ever totally sit well with me. I agree. Yeah, I, I, I'll make it quick. I think I may disagree with the fact that this realignment stuff is going to happen for a long time. I think that it's, it's being expedited right now. Like, and, and I guess like joining the big 12 to me is the best thing that can happen to Oregon state, but that's based on that. sort of what I think is going to happen with the big 12, which is they're going to take all these schools and essentially be the second tier 
of schools that would be behind the Big Ten and the SEC, what you do with that is sort of like that is what would determine if I think that's the best price or not. Like if they decide to get a media deal set up with Apple or Amazon, then I think we should be joining the Big 12. The thing that I like about it is that there is a lot of power in numbers and the Big 12 is clearly not afraid to overexpand. And, and I think what it what it could do is it could make an even larger disparity between like the Big 12 or I'm sorry, the Big 10 SEC down to the Big 12. But the disparity is the Big 12 down to everyone else. And and I think that you would see that if you're the Big 12, you can do a lot of things and really ice out the rest of college football if you wanted to. Right. And so anyways, I, I think that that would be the safest move. And I think it's going to happen. I think having the Pac-12 assets are, if you look at it from a Big 12 perspective, you get all the assets to a once very thriving conference by only adding two members. And that could also potentially provide an additional automatic qualifying spot for the college football playoffs, that sort of TBD. But again, that would come with having the assets of the Pac-12 conference. So I think those two things are going to be too valuable for that for the Big 12 to pass up. And yeah. and I I think that we'll see that announcement shortly after the court case is figured out if Oregon State and Washington State come come out on top. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Hey, we, before we go move into our Reagan beer segment, uh which I kind of have to do cuz my drink will not last very long. But <laughs> There's a new beef symbol, and it just it just lit up, by the way. So we should probably move move into that because Trent Bray new- just threw up the new beef bat symbol. Trent Bray just threw up the new beef bat symbol. Is should I be looking up the Trent? Is this like Bray a new logo? No. It's his new uh, indicator oh. of a new commitment. Oh. 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 <laughs> it's a beaver emoji followed by the lock. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. And uh, commitment from Van Wells. Three Van Wilder Wells. Van, oh, hey, he was Colorado's. Yeah, but he was the Colorado starting center last year. Oh, I thought he was visiting Corvallis. That's awesome. Yep. Nice. From yeah. Houston from H Town, baby. Yeah. Welcome to the yep. Beaver Fam. Van Beaver Van. Yeah. The Beaver Van yeah, Wells. Yeah. Van Wells. Plays center well. Yes, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Runs the damn well. Van Wells. <laughs> Anytime Trent Bray signs someone, you just have to play ooh. ooh. Yeah. Oh, I like that. <laughs> for, for, for five ooh. seconds. <laughs> uh, shout out Trent awesome. Bray. Shout out E4. Shout out to all the Beaver fam who got bought those Bray area shirts. Yeah. Man, no kidding. That was like all of my Twitter mentions one day. It was just like people getting them in the mail. If you haven't gotten yours yet. Uh, check back in a day. It it's coming. It's coming. yeah. Yeah, I think most of the first uh, couple of days shipments have already landed. So 
Nice. All right. Well, we have to get to the Reagan beer segment. But before we do that, real quick, congratulations to Oregon State baseball coaching legend. Oh, hell yeah. Pat Casey, the man who's the head coaching position still bears his name, Pat Casey, inducted into the College Baseball Hall of Fame, which is the formality. We knew he was going to get there one day. Is he in the Belligerent Beast Hall of Fame? He is now. <laughs> if he wasn't already <laughs> we need listener we joe have... he was gonna put together pat, the list for us pat casey us had been retired for a while we we still haven't done these retroactive inductees to the belligerent peeves hall of fame mm. he had been retired for a few years by the time we started belligerent peeves podcast so i don't know if he's formally in now he's formally in which is pro- as big of if not bigger in honor as the actual college baseball hall of fame but congratulations coach Thank you today and always for everything you have done for Oregon State Baseball and Oregon State University. May you live forever and you are in immortal, formal, a formal immortal in the College Baseball Hall of Fame. Congratulations, Coach. Congrats, Coach. Well deserved. Congrats. Absolutely. Go Beavs. Chop them forever. All right. JP. Yeah. We had to get to the Reagan beer segment early because your drink is almost gone already. No, not gone. It was going to spoil. I'm drinking an eggnog with some JMO. There you go. Mm. I thought you were going to say like a like a beer. It's uh, it's, like a beer float, an ice cream float. Please play five seconds of Let It Snow. Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. (laughs) Oh, Betty's. Benny's got his fake sunglasses on again. Uh-oh. His av- avatar shades. Oh, yeah. God, I... Because <laughs> we shine so bright. Benny got to get the shades on. Yep. Yep. Or he had an edible and it finally hit. <laughs> that? Yep. Not that hard, though, but it did. Benny, I just saw you... <laughs> I just saw you come back with an enormous Powerade. Is that the only thing you're drinking during this Reagan beer segment? Is that an eggnog-flavored Powerade for the holiday season? <laughs> it hydrates so good, but it's so awful to drink. Um, it's just yeah, thick. It's, uh, it's like an avalanche sliding down your esophagus. <laughs> that's what I just swallowed, and I, that's a great descriptor of that. <laughs> No, it is a Powerade Zero, not as good as the regular Powerade. Ooh, Powerade Zero, but but healthier, probably. So probably. It's, like, it's just blue water. Yeah. yeah. Mixed <laughs> berry blue water. It doesn't it taste like mixed, mixed berry. Mixed berry crunch. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. It looks good. What is your edible count today, sir? Is it the same number of points the Las Vegas Raiders scored today? It's probably 69. How many did they score? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> 69 edibles. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking. No, it's um, <laughs> I had only five. I had five milligrams. I have been cutting back, though. So five milligrams is you, you know. had more milligrams than total points scored in the Vikings Raiders game. Yeah. Do you guys you win three over. to zero? We, we won three to zero. Wow. <laughs> Jeez. Did you watch the whole game? I, unfortunately, yes. Oh my God! I the, so the field the field goal was late too. <laughs> really? Remember when we were listening? 
this this will be quick because the throwback to the sack time podcast on our way to Corvallis. <laughs> we're like the score was ten to three for several hours. Uh, the score was zero to zero for several hours. <laughs> I was I was watching the Niner game and I was like, I thought the Vikings had a like a late afternoon game. They're not. If you're watching on updates. NFL Red. So I I want to. I need to dir- message Scott Hansen directly. Be like. How many seconds of the Vikings Raiders game actually made it to NFL Red Zone? Because if it's anything more than zero, then NFL Red Zone failed as a program. Unless it was when all other games were at commercial break simultaneously. Yeah, we have we have seven other games in timeout, so we'll finally cut over to the Raiders. Every other game. Game, all the commercials are in. We have an octobox of commercials right now, so we'll go to Allegiant Stadium where the Vikings and Raiders are zero zero and Aiden McCaw Aiden. O'Connell had does not have positive passing yards yet. It's the third <laughs> quarter, dude. I so you you want to know something hilarious? This is a total backfire in fantasy football. So the mini Mabe and I we run a team in our family league. He sets the lineup. I I'm like the GM, and 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 he and I agreed. We're playing my brother in law, and shout out Taylor. And we realized that he has like no quarterbacks. All of them are on a bye week, and his quarterbacks aren't great anyways. But the winner of this game gets first place in our league, and the winner of first place in the regular season gets like their money back automatically, and then they play on house money for the playoffs. So I'm like, he needs a quarterback. Let's go get a quarterback. And he has Hawkinson as his tight end, and I'm thinking, okay, well, he's definitely going to go for Dobbs because it makes too much sense because if Dobbs does well, and it's probably to Hawkinson, and it's going to you know bury us, we'll end up in second place, whatever. And... We picked up we picked up Dobbs because we had a lower waiver priority block. or whatever yeah. to block him, and he picks up Geno Smith, and I'm like, yes, Geno's not, like, not even gonna play. He might not play, and then it, it's he's ruled out, and so I I you know have to be a cordial opponent, and I say you better go pick up Drew Locke because Geno Smith's not gonna play. And anyways, he picks up Levis, and I'm like, man, we should have just let him have Dobbs to begin with. Because he would have only scored four points. Instead, now who knows? We might lose because of freaking what is his name? Will Levis. Yeah. Levis. I spent in a different league, I spent a shitload of my waiver budget to pick up Will Levis. And he hasn't done anything since then. So maybe that'll. (laughs) Is he still on your team? team. If he's not, Not can you pick him up again? Because we need him to do nothing tomorrow night. I dropped him. I didn't. In our. In our league, I have not scored 100 points in any of the games except for last week against super secret producer Skinder. And he scored like, I scored like 140 points and he had 152. It's the most <laughs> unlucky season I've ever had I, with I the I've worst sc- team. I think I've scored 100, 150 points in every game this year. <laughs> all right. All right. Back to I've real been... football. Sorry for derailing just... this. Oh, yeah, Terry, what's your beer? <laughs> it's the beer in a bump night in the Horseman household. I have a Bud Light Tallboy in a Twins koozie, and I have a mini Fireball. Because mm. as the song you played very shortly ago, the weather outside is frightful, but the Fireball is so delightful. Mm. And, yeah, and this podcast is so delightful. It is so delightful, but you know you got to be. You have to be more clear because you talked about a bump and snow, and people might get that. (laughs) 
Mixed uh, up. Beer in a, if you go into a bar and ask for a beer and a bump, they give you a beer and a shot, not cocaine. All right, this that's, isn't a drugs thing. Uh, you're talking about it snowing. Maybe they do in Minneapolis. Beer and a bump. It's a beer. I have a beer and a shot of whiskey, both of which were acquired legally. Okay, good. Right? good. We keep it. We keep it. Legal. Snow outside is literal snow. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers! 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 Happy holidays, everyone! We've got two. We've got several more weeks of the holidays. Beeves and beeves happy, and bumps. Happy holidays! Volleyball sweatshirt. You are celebrating. I'm just gonna keep going. <laughs> <laughs> happy holiday season to you and yours. However, you're celebrating, whomever you're celebrating with, we love you, Beaver Nation. And we're gonna have some news about this year's Belligerence soon. Uh, we'll probably mm. talk about it after we stop recording this episode and figure out just <laughs> what in the hell we want to do uh, for Belligimus. But we've always loved doing Belligimus. It's that time of year. And happy Belligimus and Merry Christmas. Yeah. And yours. Let's talk more shit. We've got a lot to get to yeah. uh, with the next football things. We've talked a bit about football already. I'll just say. Right now, because we, this got brought up when we were talking about realignment off the jump. Civil War is back on for two years next year at Research Stadium on September 14th. The week <laughs> Let's go. A time of year you always think about rivalry games. Oh, man. And in, uh, we'll play again at Otzen at some time in 2025. Probably not the last weekend of November, though. Again, I, I to be I'm pissed we're not playing the Ducks the last weekend of November next year. But I would also be pissed if, like, after this next year, they're like, actually, let's make it the end of the season again. And then we had to play them in, like, of course, inclement weather on the road again. I think it has to be, it has to be equal. And home and home be- weather. Home, home and home weather. <laughs> I, I bitched about this. Like there is for Vikings Packers things like we played that we played at Green Bay in the later game of the season, because, of course, you play your divisional opponents twice a year in the NFL, like six years in a row. And I was like, why is the NFL making us go to Lambeau for the second one? They know they, <laughs> they know what they're doing. This is bullshit. So I, I in that case, I hope that it's. September again in 2025 at Otzen. Civil War is back on. Do we want to talk about it? That's exactly how I entered it in the notes. Uh, do you guys want to talk about it? We've got a lot of, we've got a full off season. We could talk about it too. Yeah. Maybe we know. I'll just say this. I, I, I know we need it. I know it's important. And I know that there's a lot of fans and families and everything else that that means a lot too. But uh, I'm not thrilled about really just how it's come about. Whatever, I like to face the Ducks. I like to beat the Ducks. I like to talk shit about their fans and their players and their coaches <laughs> and everything else and affiliated with them. Yeah. And their moms. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and, and Eugene and Eugene's mom. Everything. <laughs> but but I, I just I don't really like how it is in, in practice. I just don't like yeah. the September. I don't know. It just feels right. – it, it already felt like it's going to be not as important. It's going to lose my like, so I wrote, I was just writing things about this when it came down. And I wrote, I wouldn't say I like it. I guess I'm in favor of it because of what you said, JP. Like, I understand that we need it. Yeah. And Barnes needs to put together a schedule that does look lucrative to television networks. 
And I don't think he can afford to not do it. And I think that's like the, the people who are mad about this. You're allowed to be mad about it without like in a way that's like not being like actively like not supporting like Oregon State, you know, because it is very disappointing. None of us like it where we're at. So it's I think it's like a f- absolute it's the picture of mixed feelings where you yep. get yeah. you get why it's happening. But also, like so, yeah, you don't have to like it. Uh, yeah. I'd say kind of like say a don't boycott it. Meh. It's yeah. yeah, it's meh, like whatever. Yeah, I, I, yeah, man, I have strong feelings on both sides, and exactly what you said. I, I, we, we have to have it, but at the same time, like, a huge part of me just wants to say, like, good riddance. We're moving on. We're moving yeah. on. I had, uh, I had a conversation with our listener Scott uh, earlier this week, and we were talking about how, like, it will be nice to have a fan base that's more rooted in actively cheering on Oregon state and less about actively hating Oregon. And I do think, I do think (laughs) that, that there is not a strong identity, but there is an identity that is just anti Oregon for valid, very legitimate reasons that almost every other fan of every other school agrees with, but it would be nice just to move on from that. It's it, right. it would be. And and also, like, I don't I they're the ones that that wanted to move on. And so yeah. I get why people are really mad. But to your guys' point, like, especially these next two years, we, we really do need it on our right. schedule from a yep. financial aspect. It's the 120th episode of the Belligerent Bees podcast and perhaps the 120th consecutive episode that I've used a breakup metaphor. But <laughs> what you're talking about, Benny, it's like when you go through a rough breakup and there's like you you hate your ex for a bit, but you feel like you finally like transcend when it's just like, Oh, I'm just all about the shit that I'm doing right now. And I'm just feeling myself and I'm loving what I'm doing. And like, JP, please play five seconds of feeling myself by Mac Dre. (laughs) That was all I was fishing for. You know, because, yeah, it's like you can, like, go to therapy and bitch about your ex constantly. And that there, there is some, you know, growth and healthy uh, <laughs> behavior in that. Yeah. But you truly move forward when you move forward. So I do I, I do think that will be un, may, perhaps a nice, maybe underrated silver lining of no longer being in the same conference as the ducks where it can be a bit more about pride and a bit less about hate because yeah, yeah I don't know, but we'll it, see. I, it, I, it, it is like, it's, I think it is a move that Barnes had to make and had yeah. to put in, in writing and it is, and it's, and shout outs to the programs of Boise State and Texas Tech, who are reported to yes. have been flexible and help. And I believe our pre-scheduled match with Boise State will be one of the six Mountain West games that we get. If you and I had planned to go to Boise on this date when we are now playing Oregon, uh, <laughs> we'll have to find another night to, to go to the great city of Boise, Idaho. We also have Texas Tech as a non-conference on our schedule for 2025. I sent you the Google Cal, the Google Cal invite for that 
earlier this week. <laughs> hey, fine, come through. Check, check your inbox. I like I I looked through everything. Yeah, get ready for Ole Miss in like five or six years or whatever. Fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> old dicks. So yeah, so we were close. <laughs> Are we the only I'll, I'll podcast that that can shout that? Old dicks. I, the other thing I'm not super <laughs> thrilled about is that it feels like half of our really good team from last year is at the transfer portal and Oregon just got Oklahoma's quarterback. Uh, so it <laughs> but, feels like it is oh, going to be very one-sided. Another th- I, I don't think it will. So there's one thing I want to speak to because I've seen people we're friends with and just sort of chat on social media about playing Oregon with – like a, a G5 budget versus a P5 budget. And I think I'd be pissed off if Barnes like signed, like say it was like a 20 year commitment to play every year. I would have been mad about that or had some serious questions about that. But Barnes, despite Smith leaving, everything that's happened has been steadfast. And like, we are funding this program at least for the next two years as a power five program. Yeah, I believe him when he says that. And also when you do say that, and when you're doing it, you can't shy away from these types things i would rather play them the last saturday in november bar none no matter what that's when you should play your rivalry games but oregon who is getting dylan gabriel who is a fantastic quarterback <laughs> the beginning not anymore. of the beginning yeah fuck dylan gabriel <laughs> uh, but the beginning of each season or oregon who had you know, Credit where credit's due was fantastic this year. But while Super Secret Skinner and I were watching Oregon State tear apart UC Davis at the opening of brand new Research Stadium this year, we were also paying attention to Oregon almost losing in Lubbock, Texas to the Texas Tech Red Raiders, who didn't have their best season, and against former Oregon quarterback Connor Shuck. We all know, maybe you were speaking to this a little bit earlier, Benny. Probably the best attitude in our Twitter spaces ever was when Oregon lost to Georgia by a billion points to about 13. Oregon hasn't started super fast in recent years and will be playing them at home when they've maybe played one other Power 5 team at that point. And if you're trying to think about next year in terms of putting together a resume worthy of an at-large bid into the 12-team college football playoff, that that could turn into a pretty good opportunity with an Oregon team that is integrating a new quarterback and some other pieces coming to reserve, playing against Trent Bray's defense, and could be a win that it's that sticks out on a resume it's not going to feel like previous civil wars but it's definitely not meaningless and it could be sneaky opportunistic that was the one little nugget i wanted to get in there oregon has been very impressive over the last few years of course they have played their least impressive football at the beginning of seasons in early september so good point there's a chance that this could be a good development at least in the short term for next year's beefs yeah i hear you Let's move on. Lots of guys in the transfer portal. Aiden Childs, who is not in the transfer portal last time we talked, though I don't think that needs to be <laughs> beat into the fan base anymore. Easton Mascarenas Arnold and Akili Arnold are also in the transfer portal who are joining the transfer portal by Jermaine McCoy. I think those three kind of hit pretty hard because we are 
hoping that the defense's entries into the portal would be limited with Bray staying on as the head coach. But those three appear to be leaving uh, Oregon State. Jack Velling, another one that hurts all of us. We were big Jack Velling fans on this podcast. And the first domino to fall was DJU as of now. I think that is it for guys who play yeah. a role. Uh, yeah. Which, <laughs> da- Dash, like, to put that in comparison, those those are all going to hurt. Varying degrees of hurt. Michigan State has 25 players in, in the portal right now. Uh, I know we're into comparing ourselves to Michigan State in our fan base these days. Damn, I didn't know that. That's crazy. And like, there's there's a lot of programs out there in the 20s. So this and this does suck. And wait, wait where did Colorado end up it, last year after Dion took over? I don't. It was like everyone almost. 72, I think, is the number. Mm. You think Smith will get there? No. <laughs> hey, I don't think but get there. forget forget talking about others talking with inside the program. It sounds like yeah, these are. I mean, obviously, these are tough losses into the portal. Guys that had a, a bright future at Oregon State. Guys who made very strong impacts both on the field and off. But you know, bid them farewell and yeah, good go good do do good whatever. Uh, but from what I've gathered from inside the program is that the portal, maybe some good news for Beaver, the Beaver fam, the portal itself now, at least for the exits, is pretty much settled. I've gathered it. The portal, the dust has settled for the portal for the most part. Okay. Okay. So anything else? Maybe, maybe there's some players who leave just as they naturally do. Right, they go through spring, and then they realize mm, I got I don't got anything here for me in this immediate or any sort of future. So I got to go find something else. But for the most part, the dust has settled, and the they they directly touted the that the O line has really stayed kind of the most consistent when it comes to returners, other than the ones you know graduating or going pro whatever so and then now we just bolt up even more and so i think i think there's a lot to a lot of positivity even though we've seen some of these guys who were some of our hopefuls for the future or big time playmakers enter the portal like there there's still so much to be optimistic about and just while we're recording you know we get a pretty decent transfer portal player in van wells and that's a big get for the first get for somebody like Bray, like Devan, who are trying to continue to establish what Oregon State does well, and that's control the line of scrimmage. Which I don't think you can ever overestimate how meaningful it was that Dame immediately was like, I'm coming back. Yeah. Like, that's going to, that oh. needs to go down as an all time move because I will never know if that, like, ever got anyone back who was thinking about leaving, but, like, you need someone to, put that you know bat signal in the air that's like i'm gonna be here next year mm-hmm. and i think it was dashel or eggers or canzano or someone who's you know all over the the beat had said like if one of your leaders you know puts this out there this soon like yeah plants people, a flag you know? yep yeah. yep i agree well and it it seems like i mean that 
that's a huge get just in general. But the fact that they did it this early is telling, especially after having lost their offensive line coach. So this seems like it would have been a conversation that they just started within the last you know week or so. And there are so many players that are in the portal, but I, I mean, none of the players that are in the portal from Oregon state have decided what school they're going to. So the, all that plus the fact that he's from a program that is not left out coming to a program whose future is super uncertain. I mean, that tells me that we have the right coaches in place. They are pitching something that these players or at least this particular player is buying a uh, small sample size, but good sign for sure. Right. And there's also like opportunity on this offensive line too. Like I think, like Fuaga is going pro, yeah, and has been getting this is a, in the notes. We would got Fuaga is just on every All American <laughs> list. Yeah, he's yeah. definitely well, congratulations to Talise, and he's gotten to the point where like I think the first time I saw his name pop up in first round of mock drafts like earlier this year, it was to the Niners, and I sent it to you guys. I was like, how dope would this be? Now, and it's there's still a lot to play out, and it's total sicko season to think about the NFL draft. But like, he's seen like as like in that top five, six tackle group, and someone that NFL teams think that they could have play guard if they needed him to. Like, for all intents and purposes, like he's going in the first round. Joshua Gray has <laughs> a lot of pro pro smoke behind him and so does bloomfield uh against i'm so sad for bloomfield getting that injury that late in the season and then levin good will be going pro after this year as well so i do think you know there's just opportunity in the situation these guys have been playing behind these road graders all these years but also definitely you know it's <laughs> even with coach m going to east lansing it's a place where offensive linemen have thrived and there's definitely enough holdovers from, from that regime and guys who have come in and played really important snaps and they know they're going to be blocking for Dame. Yeah. It's, right. it's, it, he's going to make you look good even when you mess up. So I think they know that a good path to the pros goes through Corvallis. So I hope what we have heard holds up and oh, we don't see many more names entering. Well, you also, you, you mentioned Gray, and when it comes to who we're losing on the line, Levin Good, Bloomfield, and Fuaga are the three that seem to be for certain, and, and Talisi for going pro, the other two are graduated. So I did not see or have not heard that Joshua Gray's not coming back. Okay. I'd be surprised if he does, but I do. I I know Levin Good City is playing the bowl game, but I do. I believe Levin Good is out of eligibility after this yeah. year. I think Gray would have another year if he wanted it. Yeah, he's Richard uh, Jr. has, but has graduated. So, but that's yeah. I mean, all these names hitting the portal hurt, but it wasn't the mass exodus that I think people feared. And yeah. you can knock on wood while thinking about that because it. The, the portal stays open for a while, but I think the guys who haven't put their name in the portal are locked and loaded on this bowl game against Notre Dame, and it's another opportunity. So feel good about that. I don't know that we've seen any confirmation on this. JP, you might have sources saying otherwise, but uh, I believe 
Harry Eggers had it first on Twitter that a former Oregon State defensive back and a man who has been on Oregon State coaching, coaching staffs in the years since, a familiar name, Keith Hayward, reportedly to be Trent Bray's new defensive coordinator. He is a beeve, as I mentioned, and known throughout the land as a recruiting whiz. And we have not seen the official word from the Oregon State Athletic Department, but let's uh, suppose this is true for a second. What do you guys think of uh, Keith Hayward uh, coming home as the DC? I think yeah. it's uh, – oh, go ahead. I, I was going to say, I, I think it's a great move. I honestly don't know much about Keith Hayward from a coaching perspective. I know he was a great former player, but – I I really like what Bray's doing of bringing back beeves, former beeves. Yeah, I think it's really unique, and it is. We we talked about it before of this sort of us against the world. Like you want people that almost like what Erickson had, where it's like people that had this internal fire to prove people wrong. With with Erickson, it was like think Chad Johnson, where Chad Johnson didn't really have a chance. Erickson brought him in to have that chance to showcase what he had it's different but it's the same sort of fire that is being breathed into this program from coaches that are invested in the program for more than just advancing their career and i think that's a very smart move yeah i mean he's still on the ups with his career and i think the i'm in full agreement that i think most of these guys are here for the right reasons and and if keith does come back to oregon state i think it would be for the right reasons first and foremost but i also do have to we we should set expectations that these people probably will still move on and advance their careers and we've seen it done by somebody that we thought would never leave so there's no reason to expect anyone else to leave but I think right now is the critical moment. It's this window that makes that matter the most. And it's not right. just that they're coming back to be beeves forever for life. It's that they're coming back to help make sure that their program and university that they actually love and, and are demonstrating that through these actions in some capacity will survive enough to still continue to play relevant football and, and other sports that are impacted by the successes or lack thereof of a football program. And so, yeah, I do love, I love what Bray's doing. I love that these guys are coming back. I actually like the Hayward hiring. I mean, look, he, he's, he's been defense coordinator with UNLV. He was co-defense coordinator at Oregon. He's coached defense, you know, for 20 years. And I, would say, look, if if our if our head coach wasn't Trent Bray, I would have a little more concern, just just out of the nature of being like, well, see what he actually, you know, what he's got. But I think that him and Bray combined is going to be more than plenty of defensive brains to keep that defense as elite as possible. I love the recruiting angle that he brings. I and I think that's a a, a lost. I guess a lost force that that we saw go to, over to East Lansing with Jonathan Smith or a lot of some of our top recruiters and 
Devan's a great recruiter. Uh, for all we know, uh, we've heard at least is that Hayward's a great recruiter. I'm sure. I'm sure if somebody needed to close out a kid or their parents, Trent Bray is the guy to do so. You know, Coach Perk. There's a lot of them. There are a lot of great, great coaches still on the staff that can recruit. But I think if you can nail down an entire staff of just just phenomenal recruiters, like you know, sometimes you have somebody who. You just go, well, he's a great coach, but he doesn't like hitting the circuit. They don't want to go recruit. They don't like doing the whole you know, dance for, for families and kids. So if we can get across the board, great recruiters, enthusiastic coaches for Oregon State, for our potential, for our future, the more the merrier, the better, everything else. So, yes, I'm 100% on board. If Keith Hayward's the guy, I don't have any sources that have told me anything, mostly because I have not sought it out. I don't want to not get credit again for – dropping the news ahead of anyone else. But, you know, I, I'm not saying I'm going to hang up my reporter shoes, but yeah, right now they're, they're laced together, ready to be strung up over the <laughs> power line. It's, they're just, they're getting warm by the fire. Yeah. Yeah. They're chilling. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I agree with that. I think he could be another stud recruiter and I basically trust any defensive hire that Bray makes. Exactly. <laughs> so definitely not going to worry about it. And like you said, I, I think it bringing Beeves back doesn't necessarily mean, Oh, the, this is your guy at this position, no matter what, for 30 years, it's someone who gives a shit about getting this program through these, uh, tough waters at this absolutely critical time and you know who he coached when he was at oregon state the the best name in all of sports al afalava oh so there's that and he must have been also there was sabby piscatelli another great name i would i would let's forget keenan lewis brandon hughes yeah tim clark yeah, what's up, TC? A lot of great, lot of great DBs from, from when Keith Hayward was on staff. Let's move on. Uh, we do guys a shout out to uh, Katana Ladapo, who also earned multiple uh, All American honors. And Dame, Ex- expecting to see more. And Dame too. And Levin Good. Yep. And but like and like a third of the team on the All Pac-12 team. That's <laughs> so true. Uh, Oregon State led the way. Like, yeah, let's let's be the team that gets left out of this conference collapsing. We have the most all-conference uh, selections. That makes sense. More bad news, though. On the pitch, Oregon State men's soccer dream season ends in Louisville at the College Cup with a 1-0 loss to Notre Dame amid suspensions to head coach Greg Dalby and Javier Armas, who should have missed the North Carolina game due to yellow card accumulation. So dumb. Played. No one knew. Coach Dalby cited it as an accounting error, and the officials didn't catch it either. So Dalby ended up getting suspended for more games than Jim Harbaugh did, and Armas misses the national semifinal as well. Oregon State goes down 1-0 to the Fighting Irish. Hard way to end an incredible season for these kids. Yeah. 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 Watching that game too, it's like 
I don't know if I want to say that Oregon State played the better game, but they played better than Notre Dame for most of the game, right. um, and especially at the end. And the beginning. They had their – and the beginning. They had some chances at the beginning too, but like in the last 20, 15, 20 minutes of the game, man, they had some chances where it was just – like the, the one where their goalie had – sort of he wasn't oh. in the frame of the goal and their defender like chested it out on our yeah. shot like it's yeah man they were playing pinball with the goalie like on all fours like yeah Dante had a look I, I mean there was so many opportunities and they 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 came out with so much energy and I think they came out with a chip on their shoulder and Rightfully so, yeah, because the suspensions were so absurd. It's so <laughs> asinine to think that the NCAA didn't keep tabs of which players are eligible to play in a game or not based yeah. upon, like, what are what are the referees writing in their little notebooks if they're not locking which players right. are getting cards <laughs> they do and have then reporting it back too. to the NCAA? <laughs> Like what? Yeah, it seemed like that burden should be on the referee. Right. Like, why, yeah. is it like a dear mama poem? Like, why are they writing in their notebooks in the middle of a game if they're not writing down players who are carded and then returning that back to the league to say, "Hey, this is the X player got another card." I remember having to forfeit a game, a basketball game in seventh grade, a game where we only had five players, and our power forward, this kid who like fouled out a lot, so maybe we should have known, but just you know, you're typical rough and tumbled 12 year old power forward and i remember we thought he fouled out so we we're ready to finish the game with four and then the ref said no he's got four and our coach was like i think he has five and the ref said no he's got four so he can still play and i was like okay so then we finished the game with him like playing real passive we end up winning and then two days later at practice, our coach told us we had to forfeit the game because he did have five. So Jesus. we were playing with a player who had fouled out when we were all like, he fouled out. And the ref was like, no, he didn't. So we were like, oh, he didn't. Okay, yeah. sweet. Let's keep playing basketball yeah. then. Like, should the head coach probably know? Like, sure. But, but they're not the enforcers of the rules. They're the coaches. Right. When you're the coach, you're not enforcing disciplinary like action based on like fouls or some shit. Right. So it's just so dumb. Like, and I feel like. Well, and also I I, what I've gathered is play for North Carolina probably feel like shit. Like I can see how like that would be a thing too. Javier is an incredible player, so it's like oh he wasn't supposed to be playing and he played like it would have been. Di- I, look, it's the whole thing sucks. But so like try and retroactively fix it. It's like yeah. Yeah, it just makes that, the whole thing murkier. Well, Notre Dame, uh, North Carolina put out the statement afterwards, and it was a little bit of shots fired, and it felt like it was almost one of those things that they assumed we did it on purpose. And I, I don't, I haven't actually been able to confirm this or not, but what I have read and heard and been told is that we self-reported this, and oh that God. we did so assuming that we didn't want to end up in the finals and then have our wrists slapped and that if anything the timing of now is better than never and so i get the logic behind that in a way 
but it almost should be one of those things that I would have assumed that the NCAA would be like, oh, shit, we're so embarrassed that we missed that. Uh, don't... Number one rule of RA Gold, deny till you die. Yeah, yeah. Don't talk about this anymore. Or, hey, you, yeah, coach, you get a one-game suspension. Yeah. But yeah. Suspending, if it's suspending a senior player for what would have potentially could have been potentially his final two collegiate games and then a coach for those two games plus two next season – and it's just three a, next season. Is he four or five? Oh yeah, oh, yeah now it's three next four, season. Yeah, four. Yeah, because, it would have yeah, been two next season. Yeah, championship doesn't count because we lost. Yeah, so it's a that's just absurd. It's the NCAA is just absurd, and this is exactly why the, all all of their focus and intentions are so poorly laid. And I mean, this goes. This is up there with just stupid shit like not letting recruits take pictures in uniforms anymore. I mean, like. Why does this matter? Wait, that's real. Like it, yes. Like they just they 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 just yeah. nitpick on the weirdest shit and like, all right, fine. But let's like let NIL go completely unregulated. Let's let Oregon State, Washington State, not end up in a conference. Let's not, however, let any recruit take photos in uniforms on even official or unofficial visits. And by the way, let's punish okay. Oregon State for not for not keeping tabs on how many yellow cards their players have. Shame on them. <laughs> I don't think the NTA is going to exist in 15 years. I feel like that's been said for like 15 years, but I think they are edging closer to that. Yeah. Yeah. Boise State quarterback Taylor Green for sure took pictures in an Arkansas uniform at his official visit to Arkansas. I think it's still they can still do it for official, but they're they're looking to get rid of official visits oh. as well. But unofficial, you can't. You can't just like show up and have it unofficial and take right. pictures in uniforms. Which is like, you think that that's was like, where's the psychology? Tell me, like, tell me the yeah. psychology around this. Like, oh, it's unofficial visit, but that, they that the was Therefore, that was what was tearing college sports apart. Yeah. Was yeah. the uno, the unofficial <laughs> visit uniform pictures? Yeah, <laughs> that's when we sold our souls to the devil. Damn it. <laughs> anyway, well, hats off to Greg Dalby and the Oregon State men's soccer team yes did us proud played some incredible soccer. damn right and logan farrington incredible incredible run as the as the leading goal scorer and yeah next year men next year next, next year. year to the hardwood scott ruick who keeps on building after becoming the all-time wins leader in program history women's basketball improves to seven and oh with a 78-58 win over Jackson State today at Gill. Big dubs and big game by Tamia Gardner. Yes, love to see it. 15, her second double-double of the season. And, and Talia had like 15 and 5. Talia had 15 and 5. Team is rolling, 7 and 0. And the best part about it was it came after an Oregon State men's basketball win at Gill just hours before against Utah Valley, a team that the aforementioned Kerry Eggers pointed out on Twitter to a hater today. Utah Valley routinely <laughs> NCAA tournament participant and winners of 28 games last year. Another good game for Troll Mariel and the Oregon State men's basketball team. Undefeated at Gill. And undefeated at Gill. Yeah, no one has the beeves have not lost at Gill yet, but yeah, JP, tell this uh, Tamia Talia, great outing for for Ruick and and the ladies team, 
how how good are you feeling we we said be in previous weeks like let's keep letting these results pile up before we get too excited but 20 point dub over jackson state and seven and no uh this is exactly where we want this team to be yeah i think you you're spot on this is exactly where we wanted them to be i think this is exactly where we expected them to be and i think that they also have those same the same level of expectations we talked last year a lot about the youth of the team and that if the if your veteran is Talia Van Olhoff and, and she's like what two and a half years removed from high school, she's your sole veteran. Like, there's gonna be a lot of learning curves. Uh, it's gonna take them some time to really get fully bought in, and it's not really on one person or a coach or any player. It's just the nature of trying to mesh a lot of youth into a system where you really only have kind of that one vocal leader who's gonna be the continuity of that culture and we saw them have their ups and downs last season but we saw a lot of people blossom and you know and of course when a lot of of the players started taking off you know Talia goes out goes down and was pretty much hurt all year ever since that Hawaii tournament so she's looking healthy she's looking good Tamia, of course, didn't start playing at, at all till like almost two thirds of the way through the season, and she's looking phenomenal. Reagan's looking absolutely dominant. They're, they're, I guess, I would say right now, this team could be the most sneaky, great team that Oregon State's Oregon State women's hoops has ever had, and. Not in a way that we're going to surprise people from being doormats to being okay. I think that we're just going to be one of those unpredictable teams on paper preseason, and we're going to shock everybody this year. Damn. Yeah. I'm here for that. <laughs> well, the, the play in the front court is as solid as it can be. You can't match it. And and a lot of these kids had to grow up pretty fast last year. Yep. So Talia being fully healthy and AJ playing her ass off, with the younger kids who have come in, like Kennedy Schuler looks good. Donovan Hunter has looked good. Martha Peach has looked good. It's a deep, it's a deep roster. Yep. And then, and with a lot of experience really, last you know, year. Yeah. And the people who just had to play above the expectation in for whether it be year one or year two in the program last year. So it's, there's still a long ways to go and more, more challenges to come. The Hawaii tournament this year will include games against Southeastern Louisiana and Texas Tech and a couple more games at Gill before the conference slate gets going. But I think uh, I think they've turned some heads. They'll for sure have a, a pretty good-looking record on paper when that conference slate gets going. And if you win a couple games early on uh, once a conference play starts – then you see your name shooting up rankings a little bit and uh, playing for seeding in the NCAA tournament. And that's when games get really fun. So could could be could be a really fun year in, in Corvallis for Oregon State women's basketball. They are off until Friday, December 15th. They host Santa Clara at Gill, and that game will be at 6 p.m. before. Then after that, they're in Hawaii for a couple games. They don't have a game in Corvallis again for two weeks, not until almost two weeks exactly, Thursday, December 28th, against Morgan State on that Thursday after Christmas at 2 p.m. 
at Gill. So get out to Gill this Friday because you won't have a chance for another two weeks to see the Ruick's team in action in person. Not Oregon the, State. It's Morgan State. I said Morgan I say, State. I know. I'm, I'm just Oregon making sure like that the listener say, heard it correctly. You're trying Oregon to say Oregon State, State but burped halfway through. M. Oregon State. Oregon State. Oregon Oregon State. <laughs> Oregon State. <laughs> the Homer Simpson reference for you kids out there. Um, uh, Homer Simpson's still on TV. I know, but are the kids watching it? Maybe. <laughs> no. There's like, <laughs> there are more seasons of The Simpsons than years I have been alive. The Golden yeah. Age of The Simpsons was like season four through 14, and yeah. that was 20 years ago. <laughs> um, anyway, but yeah, long live Homer Simpson and just The Simpsons in general. The most important statistic I want to bring up in regards to the men's team is that since Jonathan Smith was introduced <laughs> as the head coach of Michigan State University Spartans football, a basketball school, their record is one and two with a win against Georgia Southern at home. You know, when Jonathan Smith got to do the typical football coach introduced at a basketball game. I'm home. Been, is that what he did? I'm. Oh, no. <laughs> My dream school, my dream town with my dream friend, Tom Izzo. Um, <laughs> they did win that night. They did win that night. <laughs> but they have lost. Since then, they've lost to Wisconsin and Nebraska. Would any of you like to guess what Oregon State men's basketball team's record is since Jonathan Smith left for a basketball school? It's in the notes, so you don't really need to guess. But <laughs> they guess. haven't lost. Oh. <laughs> Benny admitted he's he's not reading the notes. <laughs> uh, they are three and zero. They're three and zero since Jonathan Smith left. We were asking, begging for anything good to happen when Jonathan Smith left Corvallis. Oh my God, what do we do to deserve this sports gods? You hate us so much, and now you're coming up with a yellow card scandal to punish Greg Dalby and Javier Harmes. Oh, sports gods, why do you hate Oregon State? Your Oregon State University men's basketball team has not lost since Jonathan Smith abandoned you. Three straight wins at Gill with the latest 74-71 victory over Utah Valley. A perennial NCAA tournament participant. They are no slouch. It is a good program over there. And Oregon State got it done on the court in this most recent game. Tyler Bilodeau, your leading scorer, with 19 points. Troll Mariel, who has been playing more and playing better, had his first double-double against UC Davis. Follow that up today, or the other yesterday, <laughs> with seven points, four boards, and two blocks. I think if Chol keeps playing, he doesn't even need to fill up the, the stat sheet like crazy. But if he's playing and he's staying healthy and he's staying confident, that's kind of the wild card for this team. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, him and Abekwe could be such a, like a thunder lightning style yeah. bigs for this team. And I, I just, 
I, I love seeing Shoal get out there, be healthy, knocking on wood that it stays the the case for him this season because he's fun to watch. I think yeah. this is delivering a bit on what we were hoping we got from Maryland when he made that transfer two two years ago. So, like, if he can keep building on this stuff, I mean, that's just huge for this team. Huge, 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 because it can help spread it a little bit more for Jordan. It can help, I mean, really any of our wings who are not outside shooters get some decent looks. And, of course, if he's out there just cleaning up and, and all the putbacks, and like, hey, Absolutely. hey. Fill, fill the fill the box score, man. And we thing. haven't even really had like true rim protection since Kyler Kelly. So, oh, him man. being able to knock shots away too, or just the the threat of him being able to do it. Will the threats more so. I mean, Abekwe's got more blocks than Shoal does. Well, but, but yeah, Abekwe's been great, and I don't want to diminish Abekwe, but like the two of them being in there together, yeah, uh, like you mentioned, is probably the most formidable we've had like a defense for, for, for bigs. Yeah. Um, so, and Schultz has spent through so much, like just wins points, whatever happens. I just want to see Schultz get through a season healthy and just able to play basketball. Cause that's what the kid deserves. And he really hasn't gotten that chance in his college career yet. So I hope this is the year for him. And the last few games just seeing him ball out have been great. Yeah. Speaking of deserves, can we start petitioning? Coach Tinkle to get Josiah Lake on scholarship, please. Yeah. I, I would mean, love that. I love I love seeing guys who walk on but demonstrate almost immediately not just heart and hustle, but actual impact and buying yeah. in. And I, I think that uh, I've seen it. enough. I've seen enough. Get the get the kid a scholarship, Wayne. Get the kid on, a Wayne. Hey. You've 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 picked worse before, Wayne. Just do do it right this time. <laughs> That's true. I was gonna say, yeah, like it took us a hundred episodes of saying bringing back Bernice. Hopefully, we can get Josiah Lake. Yes, that's how we're closing. <laughs> yeah, that's how we're closing. All right. Well, the and I also uh, have to uh, just point out, by the way, that I love Dejon Craig because I just keep every time I love Dejon Craig too. Every time he's on so the court, dude, I just he's think so fun. <laughs> I think of Dejon Craig Robinson. How do you not? I, Is it just me? Somehow through nine games, I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> to Shay Sean Craig Robinson. Oh my God. that That's your. Uh, that, that's the name of your NCAA tournament bracket entry this year. <laughs> that's, that's incredible. <laughs> what I was trying to say before JP made me laugh so hard, I'm almost crying. Oregon State men's basketball coming off three, three wins. You, you want to get back out there, but they do have over a week off. So hopefully, if anyone's got some uh, bumps and bruises, we just need to get healthy. They got some time. They are back in action next Sunday at Legendary Gill Coliseum against the University of Texas San Antonio Roadrunners. Starting at tip-off is at noon. Again, that is Sunday, December 17th on the Pac-12 Network if you can't make it in person. But if you can, Sunday at noon at Gill Coliseum.
Dwayne Tinkle and DeJayshawn Craig Robinson. <laughs> all, all, all of our last three coaches represented somehow. <laughs> what? Uh, hey, what was the... Oh, my God. What was the name of the player that would get so excited last year on the bench? Why Donovan am I blanking? Grant. Donovan Grant. No. Whatever happened to him? He transferred he out. Transferred he? Yeah. Oh man! Do you like Florida or like something ridiculous? Or was like what? Oh, I think it's a smaller program. We we need uh we need Sam from Peyton Years on here. Um, Sam and Andy, where where are you? Well, this could be the part of the the podcast where we look stuff up. Georgetown? Oh yeah, that's what it was. I told y'all. Yeah. Wait, really? Yeah. Yeah, it's Georgetown. Yeah. I I watched them play Syracuse yesterday. He, he did not. Oh my dude, go to his profile though. This what? is just go Wait, to his profile. Google Google Donovan Grant basketball. Donovan Grant's shirt from last night. <laughs> <laughs> I almost I Stevens. All right, so if you go to his Georgetown basketball profile, there's oh the slideshow. That cycle that this there's a there's a three image slideshow. The first two. He is in the middle of the huddle getting the team fucking ready the way we know that he knows how. You know what? I never realized that his high school is called the Skill Factory. The Skill Factory. (laughs) I kind of thought that was his nickname. Oh, man. That sounds way cooler than my high school. (laughs) Yeah. I know there's Central always a Catholic. I go to Central Catholic Catholic High School. Oh, is that the nickname? I know, no. I know anytime someone transfers away from Oregon State, there's kind of just like a casual like respect. So it's like, go be great. Go do your thing. Hope you find happiness. And then we don't really address it again. I want Donovan Grant to be the MVP of the NCAA tournament. <laughs> be the number one pick in the draft. I'm okay with Oregon State just being a little footnote. On, on his world takeover. I love Donovan Grant so much. Nothing but the best wishes to to that guy. Dude, yes. He might be my yeah. favorite basketball player that's playing basketball right now. Yeah. Well, Georgetown lost yesterday. And had I known, had I, had I been in the front of my mind that Donovan Grant uh, was on the bench getting his guys ready, I would have cheered harder. And that would have allowed them to win another rivalry game that had to come back georgetown versus syracuse uh, you know wa- i'm gonna watch every georgetown game for the rest of this season his he, for donovan grant he has a uh, a bullet point under his georgetown profile of prior to college and this is an interesting stat tallied 19 rebounds for the skills factory versus team china team china what is wait? That's such an interesting matchup. Or or is are we are we re are we underthinking what factory I, means? Did he play in I, China? Oh God! No, I never listen, mind. I remember listening. Nineteen rebounds in Andy <laughs> and Sam's roster preview before last season. They talked about Donovan Grant and the Skill Factory. We need to have them on. And re-explain this to us again. We're overdue for another Peyton Years appearance. We are overdue. Belligerent Beefs podcast. Uh, but yeah, there is. There's. It's like. It's like similar to the IMG Academy. I think. 
that's just named way cooler. <laughs> is that in a movie academy? Isn't IMG, IMG like a no. movie? I oh, can't. That's IMDb. IMDb. There's MGM and there's IMDb. IMGBM. IMGDBM. Look up Deshaun Craig Robinson. Hello, hello, Moto. Yeah, look up Deshaun Craig. Deshaun Craig Robinson's t-shirt from last night. Honestly, listener, you should look up Deshaun Stevenson's t-shirt from last night, and then you'll be cued in on an inside joke between the three of us from 2011. It is the same image. It's the same image. I recently Googled Deshaun Stevenson's t-shirt from last night, and it's the exact exact same image that came up when A.A. Ron Palake told me to Google that exact same thing 12 and a half years ago. And that was by, that was quote. Dude, Google Deshaun Barry, Stevenson's T-shirt from I, last night. Just Google Deshaun Stevenson's T-shirt from last night. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's still like a Reddit. It's, it's the like same one. It's the same one. This is the same <laughs> low-res image of that fucking t- <laughs> It's more relevant now that the that LeBron and the Lakers won the in-season tournament. If you want oh, to God. know how much you should care about the NBA in-season tournament, Google Zero. Deshaun Stevenson's t-shirt yeah. from last night, and there's your answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, my God. Oh. Oh, what another fun episode you guys 120 this is I can't fun we're on 1080 like 1080 snowboarding or is that called 1080 snowboarding what i can't game? yeah it was oh yeah. they need to come out with another snowboarding game but before come 1080 we we'll get to we will get to 420 one when betty can't wait for what, 420. what date will we hit that that's six years from now six years how did you <laughs> do that there are oh, you have an ai years. companion Oh, <laughs> you do have an AI companion. <laughs> it's called a brain. It's called a wife, okay? <laughs> Aut- automated intellectual. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I mean, we could we could get to three hundred four. We could just do like an episode every hour if we wanted to. Oh, yeah. there's no one preventing us from that. We're our own company. We can do whatever the hell we want. Fuck yeah! We get the Maybe we should add every every, week. every hour. We should what? Ooh, we might. <laughs> I'm teasing. Have we I'm talked teasing. about that? Should we talk? No, no, Ooh, no. We'll, we'll tease yeah, it. We'll, we'll tease it. Tease, tease, a little, a little, little tease for some shit. And also, as a tease, Belige missed details coming soon. Okay. Yeah. Also, JP talked about subscribers earlier. This would be a great time to subscribe to the podcast if you're not subscribing already. If you're still listening in uh, minute 109, I think we're at or so, uh, <laughs> you are probably already subscribed. But like, you're probably going home for the holidays. Grab your mom's phone real quick. Subscribe. Mm, Five stars. Play the show. On Spotify for one minute on her phone, give it five stars and then subscribe. She'll thank you tomorrow. Do that on your dad's phone, on your grandpa's phone, on your sibling's significant other's phone. Tell everyone at your holiday gatherings about the belligerent beeves and the greater Oregon State podcast universe. 
and just about how much fun we're having in the face of destruction. How cool is this? We're yeah. just here. It's beer in a bump night. Bump <laughs> intentionally. A vague Be- beers curve. and bumps. Our volleyball sweatshirt coming out next fucking- school year. Shay, Sean, Craig, Robinson, uh, (laughs) Mom's holiday cheer for gosh sake. Moms, (laughs) mom bombs. Eugene's mom, we don't like her either. Eugene's mom, no. I smoked pot with Eugene's mom. (laughs) Yeah, it was terrible. She did not abide by the worldwide law. Of puff puff pack. Bad vibes. She puff 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 puff. Should I pass? Puff 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 puff. Okay, now it's gone. And then ate all the potato chips. Oh my god. What what kind of fucking you chips are they too? No. No, those are corn tortilla chips. I am a chip connoisseur, man. You can't sneak in by me. Betty, remember when we were driving to Corvallis a few weeks ago and we found the mystery bugles that your wife packed for us? Yeah. The mystery bugles. There was just a cooler of drinks and snacks that Yuri the Goat packed for Benny, and then he was just pulling random stuff out, and then he was like, what's back here? And he's driving with his hand, like, rummaging Uh, through this thing in the back seat, (laughs) and then pulls the bag out and goes, bugles! And it was a regular size bag of bugles and it never ran out oh, that was man. the most insane part of it we were it just like this is empty for sure and there was just more bugles from lake oswego <laughs> to the turnoff to and highway 34 there was crazy wow. traffic we ran into a lot of hiccups that day but the bugles never stopped no they, they nourished us yeah a tough day and eugene's mom <laughs> ate all of them ah hate her i told you guys yeah Awful. All right. Well, to everyone besides Eugene's mom, we're so happy you're here with us on this, the 120th episode of the Belligerent Beeves podcast. If we haven't expressed this enough already, we have so much gratitude to you, the listener, for being here with us. We love making this show, but having you here with us makes it all the better. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for subscribing. If you have given the show a five-star review already, then our undying gratitude to you an endless holiday cheer to you and yours as well. If you have not subscribed or rated the show yet, please do so now. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Give us five stars. Also, wherever you get your podcast, it really helps us stay on top of this tricksy little algorithm that Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and these other podcast gatekeepers like to play. So we really appreciate that a lot. And as you go through this holiday season, see your friends and loved ones. Please recommend the show to them, even if they're not an Oregon State fan. Special shout out to the Michigan Sports Podcast, who we joined this past Thursday. And we plugged all of our shit to all of the Michigan State fans who listened to that (laughs) show. If you know Michigan, if you are a Michigan State fan or you know Michigan State fans, they are welcome here. I mean... (laughs) We'll talk a bunch of shit, but you're welcome here. <laughs> you're double welcome if you buy a Bray Area shirt of any kind. <laughs> so come on in, brother. Come on in, sister. 
Stay a while, make yourself comfortable, make yourself at home. You do not need to be an Oregon State fan to ride. This ride is for everyone. We love anyone who gives us a chance to share time and space with y'all. So that is Belligerent Beeves, wherever you get your podcast. And you can follow the show on all the social media channels. Belige Beeves on X, formerly known mm. as Twitter.com. Mm. Uh, At Belligerent Beeves on Twitter. Uh, BelligerentBeeves.com and BelligerentBeeves.com slash merch. Uh, new merch dropping all the time. It is December 10th. You're probably listening to this on December 11th, December 12th, December 13th maybe. Uh, you could probably still get stuff by the 24th, the 25th if it's you order close. now. It's yeah. getting close though. It's getting sne- razor thin margins. So if you're seeing your family on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, you better order now. If you want to impress your crush with a cool gift, you better order it now. We got pint glasses and stuff. We got fanny packs and stuff. We got like hats and stuff. We've got other stuff and stuff. And we've got shirts and stuff too. They're all really, really cool. JP mm-hmm. did a really good job with it. So go to bludgeonbeauty.com slash merch right now and order a bunch of shit. And it'll be there by Christmas, maybe. <laughs> if it's not, give it as a New Year's gift. If it's not, we'll send you a thank you sticker or a card or something in the new year. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, people love gifts all time of year, not just now. Um, Belligerent Beeves on Facebook, Belligerent Beeves on YouTube, and on TikTok. We are creating more and more video content every day. So follow us there as well. Uh, my name is Terry Horstman at Terry Horstman on Twitter and at Terrence Horstman on Instagram.com. Please follow me if you'd like to. I'll probably be talking about the Minnesota Timberwolves or the lack of scoring by the Minnesota Vikings and also the Oregon State football and basketball and baseball teams and shit too. My beloved co-hosts with me every week as they always are. My best friends from college and beyond. Benjamin Lawrence, Sebastian Weehage, rocking the shades in Tacoma, Washington. The mayor... Of El Paso, not making it to El Paso for the Sun Bowl because he is he's tied up with other shit. He's he's got bigger plans in mind for for the good people of El Paso. Uh, <laughs> though I did think about this the other day, Benny. You have been in El Paso and in the stadium for one hundred percent of Oregon State's Sun Bowl victories. So True. if you're not there and the Beavs lose to Notre Dame, you will have all of Beaver Nation to answer to. I just hope you're prepared. The blood will be on your hands, I Benny. I should go to El Paso. Ah. A.K.A. Benny with the good quaff. A.K.A. Benny Bedlam because he's fucking crazy, folks. A.K.A. Benny Bull game, but not this year because he's too busy with other shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, A.K.A. Benny Blastoff. A.K.A. Benny Burner. You can follow him at BennyL1986 on all your social media channels. And behind the ones and twos, my man JP Bertram at the Trill J on Twitter. That's at the underscore Trill underscore J because he's too Trill to be real. And at JP Bertram on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening to this show. Thank you for rating and reviewing the show and thank you for spreading holiday cheer by spreading the knowledge of the show with everyone you know. And remember, remember, on this 10th of December, no matter what (laughs) they try and take, no matter what they try and do, no matter what day of the year we play Oregon, rain, fog, sleet, snow, or a 
bright, sunny day in early September, no matter what they try and do, you can't spell chop em without hope. So chop em. Chop em. Chop em. Josiah Lake for Scully, baby. And Google Deshaun Stevenson's shirt from last night. 